This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news the week of March 5th, 2022. Stone and Keystone go to court. Should really have gotten this far. Coors is finally thinking about choking ducks. New Old Bay Vodka. What has science done? And this week in Wine Heists, Ponzi Schemes. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and let's get right into the news. Yeah, um... Beer battles. Stone Brewing's trademark fight with Keystone finally heads to trial. Uh, pulling this from the San Diego Tribune. Didn't we uh, first talk about this like two years ago? Well, there's the difference between filing a lawsuit and going to trial. <laughs> there is a lengthy period in between where usually deals get cut. Yes. Clearly no deal uh, could be cut here. Not, I feel like the pressure of everyone saying, come on, man, like, get over it. It's not, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of crossover in your, in your, you know, prospective shoppers. Same. Stones that guy at the party that won't let, you know, someone bumping him go. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the four year Legal battle between uh, Escondido's Stone Brewing and Keystone's parent Molson Coors is finally headed to court next week uh, with hundreds of millions potentially at stake. A jury trial uh, in a trademark infringement case is scheduled to kick off Monday in San Diego Federal Court. Uh, it was originally slated for November 2020 but was delayed multiple times in part because of intense legal wrangling on both sides. Possibly some form of global pandemic might have had an issue with that, too. Yeah. Uh, late last year, a U.S. district uh, judge in San Diego called it one of the most contentious cases I've ever experienced. And I've had trademark trade na- uh, name cases before. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty low bar qualifier there. You know, this seems like one of the most contentious cases I've ever seen. And I've seen cases before. <laughs> <laughs> And I was on the bench for the Neil Armstrong Stretch Armstrong case. Uh, uh, in 2018, Stone Brewing ensued Molson Co- uh, Miller Coors, now Molson Coors, for allegedly hijacking its Stone trademark. The lawsuit also seeks damages for trademark dilution and unfair competition. Maybe that last one. <laughs> uh in, uh, according to the complaint, Molson Coors rebranded Keystone uh, significantly to emphasize the uh, stone on its labeling, making key a separate word for the first time on the brand since 1989. Uh, sorry, 1989. <laughs> you, you get a pedigree <laughs> to that beer all of a sudden. Uh, in addition, the lawsuit contends that uh, Keystone's social media uh, promotions feature stone-centric taglines, such as Stone Sweet Stone. Uh 
It's a really important trial for us. Maria uh, Stipp, chief executive of Stone Brewing. Keystone has rebranded their beer, Stone, since 2017. Uh, That is a long time to be sitting on our name. And we think we have plenty of proof uh, points to talk about uh, consumer confusion and retailer confusion and distributor confusion. What about the everlasting uh, ad campaign of Hold My Stones? Uh, Molson Coors counters that Keystone customers have long referred to the brand as Stones uh, and cans of Keystones as Stones. Those terms were used in advertising before Stone Brewing opened its doors in 1996. The beverage giant, which filed the countersuit, also contends that Stone Brewing's grievances over the labeling are overblown since Key is still visible in the cans, bottles, and packaging. Stone Brewing claims uh, have been widely unfounded from the get-go, says Martin Maloney, a Molson Coors spokesman. We have used our Keystone trademark appropriately and look forward to proving that in court. Uh, Now, this is, I think, what we talked about years ago when we first talked about the whole story. I will give them the the Keystone rebranding. It comes to the point to where one entire side of the can – just says stone and you have to rotate the can a quarter to find the key. Yeah. Yes. There is that. If you, if it is in a certain position, it is very clearly just says stone. However, (laughs) I also know what stone brewings beer looks like. Yeah. I would never, it is super. A fan of stone brewing would (laughs) never confuse the two. Yeah. Uh, So, I don't know. There, there's, we've said a lot about this, I guess, over the years, but it's still just like, I, I'm. I am a little surprised they got all the way to trial. Yeah. It, yeah. Like someone in this is being very stubborn, uh, if not everyone. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it's everyone at this point. <laughs> and like, once, once it's like once countersuits get involved, there you're just kind of like, no, no, no. No one's going home happy today. Yeah, that's, that's when Keystone, they were just like, F that guy. No, yeah. we will flush this money down the toilet just to ruin his day. It must, it, it's, it was Greg, what's his butt, for quite some time. And then, yeah, Keystone is probably just like, man, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, because they changed CEOs as this has been going on. So I have to imagine the, the, the new one just be like, Oh, God, you dropped this in my lap. Thanks. Monsters. Uh, speaking of monsters, uh, Chorus Light, they're in the news. <laughs> they're trying to Doing less be. monster things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Be a little less monstrous. They're thinking about the wildlife, and uh, America's second largest beer brand is eliminating plastic six-pack rings. You mean somebody out there doesn't use pack tech at this point? Uh-huh. So even before reducing plastic use in general became a popular environmental cause, plastic six-pack rings specifically were already seen as problematic due to their higher publicized impact on marine life. Still, despite the multiple strikes against them, plastic six-pack rings have managed to outlive Americans' tolerance for plastic straws. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I was thinking about that the other day, like, as I was standing in the kitchen... With scissors cutting a plastic six pack ring <laughs> into shreds, and then I'd open up the drawer to put the scissors back in, and it's full of disposable straws that we just keep collecting <laughs> because it's like, well, we're not going to use these when we have washable ones. Mm. 
So mm. now we just have like a locker of disposable straws. It's like they're going to be disposed at some point, and it's an even bigger waste if we just don't use them for that. Uh, Modern Rogue had a video on uh, uh, self defense using uh, pl- uh, plastic straws. So I think I saw that. Maybe one. there's that. Yeah. Uh, so sweet potatoes beware. <laughs> All right, but prog- progress has been and continues to be made uh, over the years. Breweries and small or large and small have dreamed up six pack ring alternatives. Though in the end, the primary switch brewers have made is returning to traditional cardboard packaging, especially in regions like the UK, where major brands like Budweiser, Guinness, and Coors have all ditched their plastic paper form. Or, I mean, you've got Pack Tech, where at least it's, I mean, it's more plastic. It's reusable. It's reusable, and um, uh, it's less likely that, you know, anything's going to get its neck caught in it. Because I was thinking paper. of uh, when they said uh, uh, in England they're using paper, but I was picturing it like a newspaper, like a fish and chips oh. scenario. See, I Just keep coming back to why could putting your bottles of Guinness into a conical God. newspaper. Why couldn't we holder? ever take it from the Man Show? As horrible and like you look back on that show and you're like, God, how did that make it on the air? You're like, well, it was late night. It's late night in the. Late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, and it, it only filmed like a handful of episodes. It just got played over and over again. But anyway, in the manovations segment, they had the beer jerky beer rings, where it was <laughs> right the a six pack holder that was made out of beef jerky. So it was like it's, you wouldn't throw it away. Like you'll eat it. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, immediately. Well, no, it's jerky. That stuff will last forever. That's why I keep looking back and I'm like, it's genius. <laughs> why haven't we? Just wrap up our. That's, you have to test that next time you try going out somewhere. Just wrap up your, uh, wrap up your uh, uh, six pack in a in Slim Jims and see if you can. <laughs> oh, not Slim Jims. They're too greasy. All right. Uh, yeah, they'll slip right out of that. Now Coors is moving that initiative across the pond. Not not the Slim Jim thing. Uh, this week, Coors Light announced plans to become the largest beer brand in North America to move away from plastic rings by investing eighty five million. To, being, uh, to begin the transition to fully recyclable and sustainably sourced cardboard wrap carriers later this year. Coors Light is America's second best-selling beer brand after Bud Light. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> There's all kinds of other places. There's third, fourth, even fifth. Hell, I was high when I said that. <laughs> From there, Coors Light parent company Molson Coors is planning to switch their entire North American portfolio to cardboard wrap carriers by the end of 2025. The beer giant says the chain should save 1.7 million pounds of plastic waste annually. Yeah, I get that. And I don't know. I just, so coming back to Pack Tech, because those are recyclable and all the tap rooms, like anyone who uses them, they're like, hey, just come dump them in the thing and we're just going to use them again and yeah. that's what happens like because i i've had like a mass amount of them several times and I, like i'll go into a brewery and i don't see a thing out i'm like hey do you guys take the pack tech back here and they're like yeah like just bring it like we don't have the thing out but give them to us and we'll just go ahead and use them to repackage stuff yeah but i mean i like those they're they're a lot they're they're handy because uh, yeah. i also just use them at home when i'm like oh, i need to get something to yeah. Someone yeah. else. 
That's what's so great yeah. about them. And that's, I don't know. I, I really like them. I get, it's a lot more plastic, but it's, that's when it comes not down to the recycle, but it comes to the reuse. Mm. Yeah. Is what th- those babies take care of. I don't it's, know. it's the three it's the three R's that uh, Captain Planet taught us. So, uh, Maryland-based George's Beverage Company partnered with McCormick, as in the spice company, <laughs> to deliver Old Bay vodka. Old Bay when as I, in the seasoning one uses with fish. <laughs> when I first saw this headline in our in our docs, I just looked at it as like I, my my brain glossed over it, and I went, "No, none of those words belong near each other. Just keep moving. You've you've misread something." So exactly, my put, first thought was Casey's going to use this in a Bloody Mary. It's perfect. <laughs> but my first thought was, "Hey, Flying Dog did this like years ago with the Bloody Mary." No, with. <laughs> And they did an Old Bay beer. Remember, there was oh, like yeah. a crab on the label. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, because, so this is the, they've gone the spirit route now because Flying Dog is ahead of everybody on everything and never gets credit for it. That's true. Uh, yeah. So this is a vodka made at McClintock Distilling in Maryland and is made from corn six times distilled. That means, along with the taste of Old Bay seasoning, uh, the liquor will have a very smooth finish, and it's got 35% ABV. Man, I want some crab now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you boil that for your crab bake. I mean... Give me, give me a I, bottle like, of this, and I could wreck a Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can too, but for a different reason. <laughs> a different reason different reason of the word, wreck. Yeah. You'd use it like a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, it's endless shrimp time. I'll I'll find this end. <laughs> so this isn't George's Beverage Company's first foray into making Old Bay flavored beverages, though. Of course, uh, the company has partnered with McCormick to produce Old Bay Bloody Mary mix, uh, Zatarain's Cajun Bloody Mary mix, <laughs> and Frank's Red Hot Bloody Mary mix. My God. Uh, so the company is basically a one-stop shop for all your savory cocktail needs. <laughs> the company's basically a war crime. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, the quote from their uh, chief marketing excellence officer at McCormick uh, says, Old Bay has been a fan favorite for over 75 years in the Chesapeake Bay region and beyond. Our fans are loyal and passionate when it comes to all things Old Bay. We're thrilled to work with George's to bring the one-of-a-kind flavor of Old Bay to fans in entirely new, exciting, and innovative ways. Oh, um, Did we mention that this is 70 proof? Ah, uh, yes, I forgot that part. Oh. <laughs> 70 proof, 35% ABV. <laughs> all right. Um, Party on, Wayne. As of right Party. now, I, so I went to the, like, where to buy this. So uh, mid March is when it actually ah. gets released. So then so this we can actually your, see this. Is your heads up to be looking for the Old Bay vodka. Just, I want to be like just in time for the all the fish fries that are going on. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I am curious of what happens when you replace water with Old Bay vodka for your fish fry. You know, that's why they had to keep that. They had to keep it below. A flaming point. Because <laughs> they know someone's there going like, oh, let's see if we can cook with this. <laughs> Not like, oh, let's let's cook and like, you know, cook the alcohol out. No. Fill up a jug of, like, fill up a, a, a cook pot of this. Yeah. Also, I just said, why is fine. our, in the main show, what we're drinking not party on, Wayne? 
party on Garth. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Uh, you know, <laughs> here's something. Sometimes a the part, sometimes the party stops, and that's when you find out you've been hit by a by a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> because this week in wine heists. Wine brokers duped investors out of millions in alleged $100 million Ponzi scheme. I'd, no, when you said the actual amount, like reading this to us, I like my jaw dropped. And I was just like, what? <laughs> Is this the um, Hermes thing? I, I actually didn't pull the story up. Yeah, it's the one where I make the, that joke. Ah. Uh, in recent years, fine wine has uh, been increasingly lucrative investment. Uh, in September, wine topped the Frank Knight Luxury in, uh, Investment Index, dethroning other luxury items like scotch and Hermes handbags. <laughs> didn't realize Hermes Conrad. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize Hermes Conrad made a handbag. I, I would assume the prices were low as he limbos as low as he can go. It hurts so much. <laughs> how how is it actually called? Because I, I don't under I have never heard of these bags before. Herme? Hermes. Hermes. To be fair, I only oh. know because they also worked with Apple to make uh watch bands and they're like stupid of expensive. Of course they are. Yeah. Uh then in December, uh Livex uh, released a report that shows fine wine had better gains than traditional investments like gold and the Dow Jones over previous years. Uh, of course, investment opportunities arise, so do fraudsters, so, uh, looking to invest of less than savvy investors who might not understand the, uh, tr non-traditional markets like fine wine. And in New York, two men are allegedly able uh, were allegedly able to bulk uh, bulk clients out of nearly a hundred million dollars doing that. Stephen Burton and James Wesley, uh, both British citizens, face up to twenty years in prison after being indicted in uh, Brooklyn federal court yesterday for wire fraud conspiracy, wire fraud, and money laundering conspiracy as part of a scheme that allegedly convinced investors to loan them over ninety nine million dollars based on a collection of fine wine held in collateral by their company Bordeaux Cellars. But in actuality, the prosecutors say the alleged fraudster sellers weren't as well stocked as advertised. Mm. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Mm. It would amount to a wine-based Ponzi scheme. Federal agents allege that starting as early as June 2017, the defendants would solicit investors uh, investors by claiming that Bordeaux sellers uh, brokered loans uh, for wealthy wine collectors with Bordeaux sellers backing these loans by holding the wine and paying interest to the investors who put up the money. The prosecutors alleged these rich collectors didn't actually exist, and the defendants instead used the new income to, uh, funds to pay the prom uh, promised interest and line their own pockets. Uh, according to the incident, uh, the scheme, uh, according to the indictment, the scheme apparently began to unravel with uh, when interest payments suddenly stopped around 2019. According to Reuters, additional court documents allege the Bordeaux sellers had thousands fewer wine. Uh, Thousands fewer wines than pro uh, than promised, including non-existent bottles from highly coveted producers like uh, Domaine de la Romane Conti and Chateau Lefeuille. Mm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Unlike the fine wine they uh, purported to possess, the def uh, this is a quote from uh, 
uh, I think one of the uh, FP, uh, oh, one of the U.S. Attorney Generals, uh, sorry, U.S. Attorneys. Uh, unlike the fine wine they purported to possess, the defendants' repeated lies to the investors did not age well. As alleged, these defendants duped investors by offering them an intoxicating investment uh, investment opportunity collateralized by valuable bottles of wine that turned out to be not uh, turned out to be too good to be true. The uh, the this office uh, and our law enforcement partners work to protect investors in deceptive schemes. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I wouldn't trust anything called Bordeaux cellars anyway. That that just sounds like a <laughs> that just sounds like a scammy name for your business. Yeah, it's uh, like the it's like calling it something like totally not a ripoff. Dot <laughs> com. Yeah. Uh, Completely not a Ponzi scheme. Trust me, bro. <laughs> Trust a bro. <laughs> uh, New Yorkers certainly seem to have their eye on a lot of alcohol-related fraud. This time last year, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York indicted a supposed tequila entrepreneur who, this past November, pled guilty to fraudulent soliciting investments for his on-trend uh, tequila company concept. Hmm. Sorry, there's just an extra little bit at the end there. I was like... This is strange. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all I was thinking as we are going through this article is like the, uh, I think there was a, some kind of Bernie Madoff uh, documentary I'd watched not too long ago where they, they run down how his whole thing worked. And I was like, hmm. Yep. No, that, that, that's Ponzi scheme. It was very like his was, his was the pinnacle of white collar crimes because it was so simple. He kept it simple, and that's what kept it working for so long. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Uh, you know what's not working well right now? Uh, anything Russian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their brands, their economy, their army. <laughs> the, the army's just like being abandoned in Ukrainian fields for some reason. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. uh, Stoli uh, changing their name to Stoli. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the they're <baby>. shortening their name. <laughs> Wait, everyone's only ever known it as one thing. Well, it's because it's really hard to stay to say uh, Stolichiniana. Stolichiniana. Stolichinyana. Okay. Anyway, they uh, announced a major rebrand on Friday in direct response to its founder's vehement position against the Putin regime and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The vodka, famously marketed as Russian, will now be sold and marketed simply as Stoli. Company said in a statement, Stoli Group's founder, Russian-born billionaire Yuri Scheffler, was exiled from that nation in 2000 because of his opposition to Putin. The liquor has long been marketed as Russian vodka, but its production facilities have been in Latvia since that year. Stoli Group is a unit of Luxembourg-based SPI Group. By the way, it's uh, Stoliknaya. Stoliknaya. Okay. The company also cited its employees' desire to take action and to accurately represent vodka's Latvian roots. Earlier this week, Stoli Group announced it would only use Slovakian sources to make sure that none of its ingredients are sourced from Russia. 
Officials in states from Ohio to New Hampshire have called on liquor stores to remove Russian-made or Russian-branded products from their shelves, which in most cases means vodka. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad time to be selling vodka, uh, especially traditional Russian vodka right now. Uh, although I didn't realize that uh, the uh, Stoli's, you know, the Stoli Group founder was... Uh, exiled from russia yeah like over 20 yeah. years ago so for yeah which still involved putin which again really uh really puts a hole in that whole democracy idea they had over there yeah but it, it does so being so public about this actually bodes very well for them to get it back on shelves mm-hmm very quickly to be like, no, I was anti-Putin before it was popular. <laughs> yeah. Back when you're all just, you know, thirsting after him on his uh, pictures of him on a horse. <laughs> oh, what was that we wa- we were watching? Oh, no, it was just me. Um, so I was watching, uh, was it Red Notice? The thing with The Rock mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. And they're, when they're escaping a Russian prison, and they're like, Climbing around a wall in some castle or something. Anyway, their their guard is standing there, just like looking at those pictures, like giggling to himself, <laughs> like Putin on the horse, shirtless, and all this. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, good on you know, good good luck, Stoli. I, I still think the name's going to sound Russian enough that a lot of people still aren't going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll make a wonder, lot of people nervous. I wonder how much trouble Svedka's had out of this. Because uh, people are just going to look at it and be like, sounds Russian to me. Yeah. I wonder, just because it's vodka, is like Grey Goose like taking a taking a dive. I know they're not Russian, but... You know, when they, they had to have, when they announced all the Russian products coming off shelves, Willing to Bet, Buffalo Trace did a dance... They're like, someone might buy that horrible Wheatley vodka crap we've been putting out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's uh, awful. No. There's, there's, not, there's not enough not enough famine in the world. <laughs> uh, you know what else is awful? <laughs> uh, natural light or mullets? Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> from Thrillist, we have a... Uh, uh, I, I guess a... Would you call it a contest or I, I don't even know. I suppose. Um, a promotion, unfortunately. So Natty Light is going to give you free beer for a year if you get a mullet. I I don't I don't think I'm in the running for this. It would, <laughs> it would take entirely too long. <laughs> and who would want it? Also, I'm looking at this can. I'm like, Jesus, is this from the 1970s? This. Like, oh. I think they've gone back to like a throwback style can Horrible. a while back. So everyone has, and I'll say it works like a lot of companies, and it works a lot better for some than others. I think yeah. Brittany's sick of me hearing hearing it from me about this, and I'm like, no, this is completely working for Pizza Hut. Because oh. I've not wanted Pizza Hut <laughs> pizza in forever. But then when like they're advertising, and like everything is to how it looked in like the late 80s, early 90s. And I'm like, God, it's like I just got out of a Little League game. You're just looking at it like, man, there's a, there's a, 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 what was the Marvel game, arcade game that they would have at that? Uh, the one that in Princessburg just had Mortal Kombat, and that's all I'd... 
there maybe there's another one that had this anyway there there would be like you know a arcade machine yeah. there and yeah i can i can smell the 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 little shakers of parmesan and <laughs> pepper flakes just yeah. as as you say that in grease it's just oh man it's all soaked into the floor for decades why did it have carpet why what did it have carpet? <laughs> Why the hell did Pizza Hut have carpet? It's a bad idea. Uh, anyway, so Natty Light, the beer brand affectionately known as, uh, let's see, Natural Light, Natty Light, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, uh, they've done a number of uh, ridiculous things like flavored vodka, seltzers, freeze pops. So, anyway, now the brand is going back to its 1977 roots with a sweepstakes. That's the appropriate word there. Uh, that gives fans a year's worth of free beer if they grow a mullet. The company is celebrating 45 years of selling beers with a relaunch that includes limited edition 1977-inspired vintage cans, which is where that is. Okay, there you go. Uh, and to really get fans in the mood, it wants you to fully embrace one of the most iconic hairstyles of the era, the mullet. Uh, they will sweeten the sweepstakes by paying for the winner's ha- haircuts as well. But there's so many people unironically back in like wearing mullets. I know, right? Um, they they posted a tweet about it and have like a mullet on the on the can. It, it, it's a thing. Um, so to enter, if you're interested, that's a, you know that that's more of a Richard Dean Anderson mullet, by the way. <laughs> like that's MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, it is. As a beer can, almost. Uh, so to enter, post a photo of your mullet with the hashtags Natty Vintage and Sweepstakes on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You also have to follow Natty Light on those same social channels in order to qualify. From there, 100 mullet-tastic people will be chosen to win a $50 prepaid card to be used to cover the haircut and another $30 prepaid card to be used to purchase two 24-packs of uh, Natty Light Vintage for the month of March. But that's not all. Winning the sweepstakes doesn't have to be a one-time thing. Previous winners who continue to post pictures of their glorious mullets with the appropriate hashtags each month will be eligible to continue to win a $30 prepaid card every month. In total, Natty Light will be giving out 720 prepaid cards, but the brand will be giving away five fewer cards each following month. So that's a thing. Um, so you could win up to nine times, it says. So um, here's a question. Could David Spade just post a link to Jim Dirt <laughs> and win every month? Probably. Um, so also, so to qualify for the month of March, fans can post a picture of their mullet to social media from now until March 31st. Uh, if you need a little inspiration, they have got uh, very interesting pictures posted, um, edited pictures on their Twitter feed. So, yeah. Because yeah. they have one hero of uh, Martha Stewart. Oh, dear. <sighs> yeah, that's... uh, No, thanks. Yeah. I don't want Natty Light, and I don't want a mullet. Yeah, I both of those things make me feel bad about the human race. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. So that said, I did see a couple when I was working at, uh, working at Red Lobster that came in, and both the man and woman had... Very luxurious mullets, and I had to assume that the the couple that mullets together stays together. <laughs> I just can't. 
Uh, oh, luxurious mullets. Like, they were very well-conditioned mullets. They were. I, I can't. <laughs> you're walking by, and you're like, I can smell that Gagne over here. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. Well... What a, we always end on the best notes, honestly. Um, this is this is just what we do. Well, we would like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like to, if you like what you hear for some reason, and you want to support <laughs> Have a Drink, please go to Patreon.com/slash/HaveADrinkShow, and we will see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 